Welcome to the Peripatetic Podcast. This is Ross, and this is the part one of the second Passport series. Last week, I did an introduction to the series. And so this first part is going to be defining passports. What are they? What are the strengths of passports? What are the strongest passports? What are the weakest passports? And uh, the second part next week is going to be about why you should get a second passport. And the third part is going to be how to get a second passport. And there might be more, more series beyond that, uh, more parts to the series beyond that, I should say. I should, I should open with a disclaimer. I'm not an attorney. I'm not a financial advisor. So don't use this as legal or financial advice. It's simply for education and entertainment purposes. So to start off, what is a passport? And I think we all know passports as the small document that you have to carry, the small book that is your identity card when you travel internationally. It has your picture, it has your date of birth, your personal information, what country are you from, and on top of that, there's pages in which you can place the visas or the stamps of the countries that you've gained entrance to previously. And usually there's an entrance stamp and an exit stamp saying when you entered that country and when you left that country. And this is usually given at the airport when you arrive or when you cross the border if you're crossing by land. So, uh, and every, every country does passports differently. There's different colors. The U.S. has the navy blue. Some countries have red. Some countries have green. Whatever. Color's not important. Um... And they have different, different lengths of validity. So the U, in the U.S., it's 10 years. Some countries do five years. Some countries do three years. Some countries do different, um, different lengths of time for citizens versus non-citizens. And we're going to be talking mostly about how to gain a passport without gaining a citizenship. So, and th- this is very possible. You can, gain, you can be a non-citizen national of a country and gain a passport. And this can be your second passport. There's also something that we need to define called right of abode. And right of abode is the freedom from immigration control when entering a country. So a person with right of abode does not need prior permission to enter the country. Right of abode allows an individual to work and live in a country and ensures that you won't be deported. And again, you don't have to be a citizen in order to gain right of abode. And usually... When you have a passport for a particular country, you have right of abode, even for the third time if you're not a citizen. (laughs) So, yeah, right of abode is huge. Like, this is the ability to work and live in that country and not have to worry about running up against your expiration of a visa or being deported for any reason. Next, we're going to talk about the value of a passport. Passports have different strengths. And... One metric of the strength of a passport is what's called the visa-free score. And the visa-free score is how many countries the holder of a passport, a particular passport, can get into without needing to apply for or receive a visa. There's a number of geopolitical factors that, can, that determine the strength of, or the number of visa-free countries you can get into. And this can be things like the economic strength of the country. And what I mean by that is if you're coming from a very poor country and you're traveling into a rich country, they're not likely to give you visa-free entry. 
And the reason for that is because people coming from a poor country into a rich country are more likely to just stay in that country because there's, there's better opportunities there. So it makes sense. The, the, the person from the poor country is likely to just settle down, find work in the rich country, and just live the rest of their life there. It happens all the time around the world. So that's why people traveling from poorer countries need a visa. It depends on the current diplomatic status between the countries. If the countries are at war, obviously they're not going to allow each other into their countries. If they're in a trade war, they're not going to allow each other into their countries, oftentimes. Um, If there's reciprocal agreements between the countries, if they have like a working holiday relationship where each country allows citizens from the other country into the other country. Another reason that a country might not have a visa-free access is if there's a perceived terror threat. For example, if in the case of the United States, Iranian citizens can't just travel freely here because there's a perceived terror threat from the citizens of that country. So again, there's just a, a huge number of geopolitical factors that go into whether a country is allowed visa-free access into another country. So there is a thing called the Henley Index, and you can find it on henleypassportindex.com and essentially, or Google it, Henley Index, and um, there's a link to it on the, the blog article, peripateticpodcast.wordpress.com. And I'm going to go over the seven strongest passports. And again, this is seven strongest by the visa-free score. So number one strongest passport in the world right now, Ichiban strongest passport is Japan. And they have a visa-free score of 191. So that means somebody holding a Japanese passport can travel to 191 countries and show up and gain entry without a visa prior to that. Number two is Singapore with 190. In third place, there's a tie between South Korea and Germany, 189 visa-free score. And then number four, there's a big tie between Italy, Finland, Spain, and Luxembourg with 188. And so on down the list. I have it all on the the blog article. Um, I will mention that the U.S. is tied for seventh with 185. So... Yeah, not all that strong of a passport. Um, A lot of European countries ahead of it. The weakest passports in the world is, I'm going to point out the three weakest and then some interesting ones. So in the 10th from the bottom spot is North Korea with a visa-free score of of 39. I thought that was interesting because that means that there's, there's nine countries that are lower than North Korea, but... 39 countries allow North Koreans access, which is interesting because I I don't know what it takes to get into North Korea, but I'd imagine it's not easy. You have to be a journalist or at least as an American. I don't know. Anyways, that that was interesting to me to see that North Korea is ahead of a lot of countries, including in the number eight spot, Nepal, which has a visa free score of 38. And having just been to Nepal where, you know, it's very safe, it's very easy to travel. I thought it was very interesting that North, that Nepal has a lower visa-free score than North Korea. Anyways, third from the bottom is Syria, the visa-free score of 29. Second from the bottom is Iraq with 28. And the very worst passport to hold is the Afghanistan passport, which only has a visa-free score of 26. So 
that's it. Um, check out the blog article on peripateticpodcast.wordpress.com and you can see the lists of some of the things I just went over and the link to the Henley Index. So that's it. This is just a really brief one on what are passports, what are the strengths of passports, and then next week we're going to talk about why you should get a second passport. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something. Talk to you later.